What's happening, weirdos? Weirdos. We're weirdos. We're weirdos. You're weird. My name is Warner Brandis. My voice is my passport. Verify me. It's from the movie Sneakers. The way you looked at me and laughed, you've never looked like that before. Just like... Um, real quick, I'm on tour, Chicago, late show at, <laughs> late show added. God, you sound like you're from Chicago. Chicago. Uh, go to pedehomes.com. There's other dates. That's all I'll say. San Francisco, Portland, Seattle, Atlanta, North Carolina. <laughs> so tired. You're cooked. I we just cooked. did a we long one. It. You yeah, guys. We just left it on the court. It was two hours. And it was great. And it was great. And we answered your questions for an hour and a half of that. Yeah. But also, we still somehow only got to like four questions. So thank you all ones. for the ones that you submitted. You submitted beautiful questions. I want to answer all of them. But as usual, we never can. <laughs> and uh, oh, I want to plug Largo on November 3rd for Homeboy Industries. Yeah. Me, Ray Romano, Dana Carvey, music from The National and probably others. Great. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Go to Largo-LA.com. I mean, like we should just give money to Homeboy Industries. Here, you can do it and you'll get a free show. It's like donating to a great cause and you get a free show. So go to Largo-LA.com. Hope to see you there. And PeteHolmes.com for all my other tour dates. Let's listen to a couple ads and then we'll roll right into it. Roll it. Why not try a Pete's Pick? A Pete's Pick? You heard me right. A Pete's Pick. What's a Pete's Pick? I only do ads for things that I actually use and I actually love. And there is no product that I actually use and actually love maybe more than Magic Mind. Magic Mind is not an energy drink. It is the world's first productivity drink. It has adaptogens, which help you cope with stress. It has nootropics, which helps your brain function at its optimum level. And it has just a little bit of caffeine from matcha, which, which, by the way, I should say, and it tastes great. A lot of people don't like the taste of matcha. It tastes great because it's sweetened with honey. It is incredible. It is designed to be taken in the morning with your coffee because the adaptogens are going to round the edge of that energy boost you get from the coffee. It's going to smooth it out. The nootropics and the adaptogens and the matcha help you get into that flow state. It doesn't make me wired. It gets me dialed in. Frankly, drinking coffee by itself or too much coffee, certainly, my fists close up. I can't focus. I can't sit still. Magic Mind is the opposite of that. It is Creatorade. Like instead of Gatorade, it's Creatorade. It's wonderful. If you do anything that involves your brain, if you're working in a creative field, if you're writing, if you're podcasting, if you're like me, doing stand-up comedy, I travel with Magic Mind. Val and I are currently in New Mexico. I have it in my bag just so I can take it in the morning to feel fantastic, gives me a mood elevation, it gets me dialed in and helps me get into the flow of my day, especially when I'm trying to do do something creative. You get 30% more done on average, five to seven hours is how long it lasts, of 30% more productivity 
after you drink it. Try it for three to seven days for continuous use. It's even easier as you go. It builds on itself to get into that flow state. And there's a money back guarantee. Any first purchase will be refunded. No questions asked if it doesn't meet your expectations. Plus, as if that wasn't enough, they're currently doing a 14 days of magic challenge. Try Magic Mind, drink Magic Mind for 14 days and post on social about it. And for every 10,000 views that it gets, they'll donate $10 towards the reforestation of the Amazon rainforest. This is a cause very close to me. It should be close to all of us. The Amazon rainforest is like the lungs of our planet, and it's absolute madness that we are chopping it down. So this is what we're doing to help. Every million views for the hashtag 14 Days of Magic will bring $1,000 donated by Magic Mind. So give it a try, post about it, and save the rainforest. I mean, it doesn't really get any better than that. Help your creativity, get into that flow state, and help save the planet. And you can get a discount and show your support of the show. Go to www.magicmind.co weird and use promo code weird to get a limited 20% off your first order. That's magicmind.co weird and promo code weird to get 20% off your first order and show your support. Uh, where is it? Where is it? I have it open right here. Is our friends at Ned. Ned are make are makers of the best full spectrum hemp collection. They have not just CBD and CBG oils, but these are specifically dialed in and designed. They're like the designer hemp oil people. For example, in the morning, I like taking it in the morning. I take my Ned de-stress blend. This is my ritual. A ritual is obviously, you know this, it's a daily practice that helps you stay grounded, an intentional act to take a few minutes to reconnect and take care of yourself, get present, think positive and connect to your North Star. And for me, it's all about de-stressing so I can drop into my morning, drop into what it is I have to do without feeling overwhelmed. It's a natural path to stilling your waters and getting getting back to easier times. The blend is dominated, dominant, excuse me, in CBG, often referred to the mother of all cannabinoids, and CBD, both extracted from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp and features a botanical infusion of ashwagandha, cardamom, and cinnamon. So this is incredible for your body, incredible for your brain. I find it to be very mood elevating, rounding the edges of all my stress and getting me into that place where maybe I'm afraid literally of answering emails or sitting down to work on something I've been putting off. The de-stress blend by Ned is absolutely a secret weapon to naturally get over those feelings and get into my day and get productive. At night, I also take another ritual, the Ned Sleep Blend. So many people are taking pharmaceuticals at night to unwind. I love to do it with something natural and earth-based and backed by science. It helps me relax. It helps me fall asleep faster and wake up feeling fantastic with the Ned Sleep Blend. So you see what I mean? It's not just hemp oil. These are mixed with other botanicals to help you get the most out of them. It is incredible. And they help me be, obviously, they help me with everything go. (laughs) I have my notes here. They help me with so many things. Basically, I want you to try it. Show your support of the show. Be a better parent, be a better worker, and be a better you with a more focused, mild, gentle, 
feeling that you get from these wonderful products. Be the best version of yourself and get 15% off Ned products with promo code WEIRD. Go to helloned.com slash weird or enter code WEIRD at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash weird to get 15% off. Thank you to Ned for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Last but not least, you can see me wearing it right now, is my Apollo Neuro. Apollo Neuro is wearable tech. What does it do? It helps your body recover from stress. It's like a wearable hug that can help you relax, sleep, focus, and be more productive and uses touch therapy vibrations into your nervous system that help you feel safe and in control. We're currently traveling. I had it on Relax and Unwind the entire flight really helps my body not feel that like, oh God, I've been on a plane feeling that I get now that I'm 43. And as soon as I get off, I put on Rebuild and Recover. It helps my body acclimate to where I am and just not miss a beat in my day. It's worn on the wrist or the ankle. The Apollo Neuro delivers gentle, soothing vibrations to train your nervous system to recover and rebalance after stress. If it did one of these things, it would be incredible, but it does all of these things with the different settings. Energy and wake up, it's like espresso, but you don't have to drink espresso. Social and open is often what I have it on when I'm recording this podcast. Clear and focused has been clinically shown to help with symptoms of ADD. Rebuild and recover, that's the setting for after I visit my parents. Meditation and mindfulness helps me drop into deeper and more uh, helpful, productive, wonderful, life-affirming meditation than I've ever had in my life. Relax and unwind. I put it on that at night. Helps me shake off the day and ease down, power down. Val and I call it the try to stay awake setting. And sleep and renew. I literally wear this when I'm asleep. I charge it when I'm in the shower. I sleep with it. And if I wake up in the middle of the night, hit the two buttons, rerun the program, and it lulls me back to sleep. It actually trains the nervous system to cope with stress better over time. The more you use it, the better it works. And it was developed by a neuroscientist and a board-certified psychiatrist, which means this is not found in a crystal shop next to a a magic crystal ball. This is real science. They've been studying the impacts of chronic stress in humans for nearly 15 years. Apollo's effects on sleep, stress, cognitive performance, and recovery have been proven in multiple clinical trials and real-world studies. And you can get 10% off and show your support of the show by going to apolloneuro.com slash weird. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-N-E-U-R-O dot com slash weird. All right, everybody. This is We Made It Weird number 110. Val? Get into it. Okay. Tis a gift to, to be, be simple. simple. Tis a gift to be free. free. Tis a uh. gift to wanna where you wanna be. Tis a gift. Na, 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 na. They will be in na na na. We'll be in the valley of love and delight. You're the one that knows the words to that Tis song. Tis a gift to be simple. Tis a gift to be free. Tis a gift Ooh. to calm down where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, we'll, we'll be, be in the valley of love. And delight when true simplicity is gained. To bow and to bend, we shan't be ashamed. And turn, turn, and then on the right. And by turning, turning, we'll come round, round. Is anything funnier than two people watching each other for cues to come round, round? 
I know I don't know that song that well, but I love that song. I love That's it. a big Quaker song. I know. I know you know. I'm telling the people. <laughs> Tell the people. Tell the people. Tell the people. Happy anniversary. Happy My anniversary. Love. Didn't gram it. Saw you grammed it. Well, I grammed I grammed it for the podcast because I wanted questions. I th- No, I mean, you grammed the, a, a beautiful... I'm glad you grammed. I gr- that beautiful picture of us of was me day. saying, oh. yeah, well, I'm going to get questions. Oh, I thought you were going to gram, you made the logo, but crossed out my name. and I did name. do all of that, and then I tried to make it a layout. Oh, oh no, I think I did. That's If you had swiped, you would have seen that. Oh, okay. I don't, mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. swipe. I don't swipe. Yeah, I, 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 let, don't I swipe. let Instagram swipe for me, so next time I go to it, it'll have swiped. Yeah, I that's do that I sometimes, do. too. How lazy are you that you can't even swipe that Instagram is like, we'll swipe for you. <laughs> Leela, I saw Leela do this, the zoom fingers uh-huh. on a phone. I was like, what? Who shot the sheriff? Another big Quaker song. <laughs> but I think it's who shot the sheriff. Who, who shot, shot the, the sheriff? sheriff? It's a nice version, but I didn't shoot the deputy. Just looking for who shot the sheriff over here. Ooh. The deputy is fine. Ooh. Nobody shot him. But somebody shot the sheriff, and I want to know who, who shot the sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't shoot the deputy. Oh, I'm loving this tea. Isn't tea divinity? Is it? <laughs> well, it's, tea is, it like... is right now. And I got that line from Little Women, by the way. The I guess it, it might not be the original one, but it's the Susan Sarandon one. And little baby Kirsten Dunst that it, it like comes down i think it's christmas morning and so they're having like a special feast and she goes isn't butter divinity well butter yeah, yeah. Tea? tea tea is like a drink got caught in the rain i understand what you're saying and i even feel that way but really what i mean is like a good mug with warm liquid yeah. held to my chest the way i'm doing right yeah, now yeah, that's yeah. divinity who cares what's in it Okay, I care very much. Is it a weak-ass cup of tea? (laughs) Coffee is like paint. Tea is watercolor. Yeah, but watercolor can be beautiful. Sure, if you're like, just kind of visit me with an image. (laughs) Watercolor? Go to a museum and show me the watercolor section. There are. (laughs) There is? I'm pretty sure. Yes, there are. There are like, I mean, there's like okay, pin. Just, there's what? You know, there, there, there are drawing. There are like just pin drawings. Oh, and yeah, pen. I say pen because of Texas. Because pen. Texas. I am just like, speak, I, I feel like butter today. I know. I feel like, I feel like Slimer today. I think pe- there's something is in, in the air. <laughs> there's something in the air because. Yeah. Everybody I know has been saying things like, I'm sleeping a lot, but I am tired all the time and yep. something's happening. The I thought it was going to rhyme. <laughs> it did. When you said I thought it was going to rhyme. I thought it would be funny to sample is, Tis a Gift to be Simple and then like do really hardcore raps oh about like God. meekness. But that's like the oldest idea in the book. It's like, is what it? if rappers were like rapping about being polite or something? Yeah. Yeah, but the idea of sampling that is is n- new and 
new and Beautiful. fresh and fresh and I genius. just feel like I just had a cup of warm goat's milk I feel like a baby I feel like a baby goat and I just filled my belly with my mother's warm breast milk <laughs> yeah you call it breast milk we call it goat's milk that's right they call it woman's milk we call it milk no we call it it's they, funny that cow <laughs> cow won out this is like a, a, a Gary Goldman bit that doesn't exist when you say milk, you mean cow's milk. That's right. the number one milk. Right. And we make, women make milk. Yeah. But that's not the number one milk. Nope. Even though it totally sort of is. Yeah, that is true. That's the one thing that we like gave to the animals. We're like, Let you them have, have it. You have that over us. You, you did milk, Your milk better. You're the better milk. <laughs> Your milk is so much better. Yeah, but I feel coated in milk. Yeah, I, I do too. I've just been sleeping like crud. Crud, like Paul crud. <laughs> hey, Paul crud. Do you think that's why he's talented? Because they kept calling him Paul crud. And yeah, probably. He's like, God damn it. I don't know. I don't. I think in his case, he was just kissed by an angel on his little baby Heine when he was born. And, and became he, a magic boy? And became the most magic man. Yeah, but he is. He's like damaged talented. Is he? He's, if he's not, he's only a click away. Like mm. Seth Rogen is, is like damaged talented. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I just love the idea. He would never listen to this, but I love the idea of him listening and like smoking a joint, being like, hey, hey, hey. I can't do any more of them. Arguably, I see, listen to me. I sound like, a, like an 80s math nerd. <laughs> Professor, some of the calculators can do the proofs. So shouldn't they be banned? Thank you, Nikolai. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you, Nikolai. You were a teacher. If there was a student that was like, teacher, <laughs> isn't there a quiz today? Were you kind of like, shut up, Nikolai? Or like, were you siding with the kids? Or were you kind of like, thank you, my little toady? You know what? I am racking my brain. because I remember just, it. No, I don't think I had any students that were remotely interested in learning <laughs> you needed a nikolai i would have loved a nikolai because I'm surprised because i would have had a cruise on you and then i would have been like guys shut up yeah shut up she's trying to teach us she's trying to shape our minds i they i didn't even have and i was like 23 so it was pretty prime val and i That's did what not I mean. and i didn't i don't think any of them liked me like they all saw me as like this like matronly like i mean they liked me but they mostly liked me because they could walk all over me until i cried and just let them do whatever they wanted god is there anything (laughs) worse terrible if you're if you're a teacher out there thank you so much for your service yeah it is the hardest thing by the way speaking of thank you for your service Mm -hmm. again you know i read tribe everyone knows i read tribe and i recommend it Mm -hmm. it's a great book it's a great book. In that, I think they talk about like, don't say, and I've heard service people, and by the way, I get it. Service people say, don't say thank you for your service. It, there, there's, it's like the wrong thing to say. Oh, like we can agree 
that sorry for your loss is the right thing to say at a funeral. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that is established. Uh-huh. There are these meaningless, pithy, nothing sta- statements. Uh. Sorry for your loss. Like for some reason, we've agreed that works. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt. It's it's just like being like, I'm standing here. Mm. And then you go, I'm also standing here and mm. I've lost someone. And they go, okay, goodbye. <laughs> Similarly, I just feel a little frustrated whenever I hear, because I'm a guy who wants to know the thing to say. That's yeah. like a, that's a, that's a real cornerstone. These are the ABCs of me. Yeah. Please teach me the right thing to do and say to certain groups to have them feel appreciated. Yeah. So when soldiers, which I completely understand, say, don't say, uh, thank you for your service. service. I completely understand it, even though the reason escapes me. By the way, all our uh, U.S. Armed Forces people, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm just saying what I wish would come with that is say this. Instead. Yeah. Because what I'm saying is it's not even about just the armed services. It's about any situation where you just don't know what to say. Mm. What do you say to someone who flew somewhere and risked their lives Mm -hmm. for me to be able to walk around eating TCBY yogurt and shit. Like, just please tell me what to say. Like the closest I could come, like, and you're you're not supposed to say, did you see combat? That's like a really insensitive. That one makes sense to me. No, no, no. I wasn't saying it like, I should be able to say, like, we don't know what to say. So please just tell me what to say. Like at a funeral when someone, I remember vividly my father taking me to my first funeral uh, and saying, just say sorry for your loss. Mm. And I was like, got it. Mm-hmm. And when I meet uh, a military person and I want to express some degree of understanding mm. to bridge that civilian soldier gap mm-hmm. where we are over here watching the office for the third time mm. while they were doing this, this or this much more. What do I please help me that I will accept messages. I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. go ahead and slide into my DMs and tell me what it is, uh, what would be good to say. Not just like slink by yeah. and be like, you are a serviceman and I see you. Like, mm-hmm. what would actually, mm-hmm. you know, comedians have the same thing. We, we don't call them skits. It's silly. I'm just saying like barbers, I'm sure have the same thing. Don't yeah. call me a hairstylist. I'm a barber. There's a difference, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just want to know all the things. Yeah. When I was a kid, that was my obsession. I wanted to know every language. I wanted to know every culture. When I went to Israel, I read all these books where it was like, don't let them see the bottom of your foot when you cross your legs. That's considered rude. And I Mm. love that stuff. Mm. I love groups and clubs and poker terminology and comedy terminology, film terminology, academic terminology. I love it all. And that is one where I come up short. I meet a soldier. I want to tell them thank you, but I've been told don't say thank you for your service. And then I'm just like, Hello, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Dan. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that is interesting. All of that's so interesting because, of course, you did love that because it is um, comforting to have very specific rules for social engagement. Yes. When you are somebody who feels a little uncomfortable in social situations. Agreed. I'm going to give you another one. On Long Island. Where are you from on Long Island? Like things like that. I love it. Yeah. Just something to show that I care enough about you 
firefighters the same way. What do I say to you? Thanks for saving us. It's so funny. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You run in where I run out. Thank you. (laughs) So stupid. I wish there was a good way to say I honor you. Like that's what I should say. I I honor honor you. you. But that's, you sound like a lunatic at a C's candy in the Denver airport next to a, a Marine. I honor you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't go with I honor you. Or pay I, for their candy. Is that good? I don't know why the thank you for your service doesn't work, but I would believe that it doesn't feel good. But I, I, I would think this is probably. <laughs> I'm still the, laughing at I honor you. <laughs> <laughs> I respect honor. and honor yeah like gladiator respect and honor i think they say something in honor mm. strength and honor strength and but honor. that's like what soldiers can say to each other i can't be like strength and honor i have a roller bag <laughs> this clearly happened at an airport <laughs> i have a rolly bag because well, i get t- i have to go on the moving walkway because it's c28 is all the way down there and they're like i was just in wherever yeah, I mean, I think that this is probably what is hard for them is that they go and see unbelievable things and experience really hard things and then just come back. And it probably feels really isolating to also even be like, we don't even know what to say to you. <clears throat> they might be like, I don't know what to tell you to say to me. We're just I completely we're having completely different experiences. It's a right real now. sausage. May I, I, I'm not trying to be funny. I bet people that work in slaughterhouses feel the same way. Yeah, We're walking around eating hot dogs at ball games, And they're mm. like, I w- you know, I'm not, I won't go into what they do, but they're doing the, the dirty, not, not to say the military service is dirty. I'm not trying to make that comparison or that killing animals is dirty necessarily. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like somebody's getting their hands dirty or someone's doing the work. Yeah. There's a no judgment way of saying it. Yeah. Someone's doing the work. I bet uh, construction workers feel the same way. Uh, fucking, fucking tribe makes the same point. They're mm-hmm. like, it's so crazy that if you meet like, you know, somebody who's made billions of dollars. On the stock market, you're like, good afternoon, sir. Another dry martini? Tell me your story. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the 15, 25 guys that built the fucking building that you're in, you're like, look at those working class stiffs. Uh, Yeah, that's why. Well, that's not what I think. I'm just saying, like, it's completely backwards. Yeah. That, and I've since tried, but my whole life, I've always tried to have lots of tangible respect for people that do things like that. But what an absurd society that we're like, you know, you can always work construction. Like that's like a fallback or like something for, it's just not as respected as it, as it ought to be. Yeah. I think that's true. I think that's true of a lot of jobs. I Um, think it's true of every job. mm -hmm. This, this, am I cutting you off? No. I'm watching the vow. Mm-hmm. I know. The second one. The second vow. Yeah. Keith Ranieri, next. The vow. In fact, still, still Brandon. <laughs> still Brandon after all these years. The vow. Still Brandon. Um, oh, God. God. It's such a sad, terrible, tragic, tragic no, I know. thing. But, but you know. here's, here's how I know that I am swimming in the, the waters of the West. Okay. <laughs> the West waters. Meaning... <laughs> What are we talking about? It's the same thing we're talking about. It's like if you make $100 billion mm. uh, shorting stocks, mm-hmm. you're just a hedge fund manager, but you make a billion dollars a year. Uh, I know that's too much, but I'm just saying you make a lot of money. 
you get respect, you get the nice seat on the airplane, you get the nice meal. But even more than that, like you walk around, like they say on Succession, it's like being a superhero, but for real. Yeah. The legal system can't really touch you because you can always hire the best lawyers. Yeah. You get the best everything, driven, mm. food, clothes, sex, whatever it might. I, I don't know how sex plays into it, but you know, there's mm. like a, there, you're a desirable member of society. Mm. I know I'm swimming in the waters of the West. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning I'm I'm actually hypnotized mm. by this culture, which Richard Rohr, which we'll get to. We, we saw Richard last week, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Richard talks about how um, if in this country, in this country, if it works, it's true. Mm. So if you're making. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that I did was that on terrible. Perp. I did that on burps. <laughs> if. If there's a system that is broken, but it makes money, mm-hmm. no one cares because mm-hmm. we're just like, yeah, but you get to, you get to ride in a helicopter, right? Yeah. You have billions of dollars. So you're a superhero. Mm-hmm. I know I'm in the water. I'm not going to say it again. <laughs> I watch the vow and I catch myself almost, I don't want to say rooting for Keith mm-hmm. Ranieri, who's the the villain of the show. Yeah. Who who did was, horrendous? Yes, things. exactly. Yes, please be clear. Let, let's just assume that I step out and take ten minutes to explain just how not on his side I am because yeah. I'm not. Yeah. But to finish my point, because he was basically the CEO and got a lot of people to give him money, mm. you can't help. I'm saying something vulnerable. I'm not proud of this, but you can't help but kind of be like, he's going to get off. You watch it and go like, you can't touch him because he works. I don't mean he works. I mean, like, he makes money. Like, what you have are, it's the same thing when, like, the hot coffee thing, you spill coffee and you try to sue McDonald's. Like, you can't touch McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And in a certain extent, uh, this guy is like a McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And then all the customers are going like, you made us fat. Which, by the way, I'm on... If, if anyone cares where I lay on that issue, I do think uh, McDonald's is responsible for giving horrible food to people. Yeah. Uh, especially certain groups of people that like don't have an, a, a better choice. So they're being poisoned, right? Yeah. So I, I'm on that side. Let's go to the mid-rolls. McDonald's. I'm loving it. <laughs> My, I've turned down ads for McDonald's. Uh, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so self-righteous. <laughs> Um, I can't believe that they're still advertising. Yeah. We got it. People will be all McDonald's half needs of the country is addicted to your food. At least yes. you don't need Fine. real ads. Just hire 150,000 random people mm-hmm. and pledge, have them pledge that they'll say McDonald's <laughs> yeah. once a day in a crowd <laughs> and they'll, they'll thrive. It doesn't even have to be the restaurant. You can be like old McDonald's that, that counts. <laughs> And they'll go like, I could go for some nuggets. They'll be fine. Yeah. I, I don't mean to be on my high horse here. I'm, uh, I'm trying to say that because I'm so Western, if it works, it's true. And if it makes money, it's true. And, like, and that's like what we see as power. Mm. I can't help but watch that documentary and go like, it seems like a, a congregation suing the pastor sort of thing. Mm. And I'm just like, but he's the pastor. You, you, you can't. I'm very curious to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, sadly, you are right that the justice system 
does favor and juries pa- yeah power and money and, and they want to be like look at these idiots these idiots came in to get help these these idiots that's the implication yeah they're the suckers it's mm-hmm. like buyer beware how do we have an expression buyer beware yeah meaning you went in mm-hmm. but like the subtlety of the case in the vow is is a type of subtlety that we have no awareness Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Meaning coercion, mm-hmm. manipulation, what what power dynamics mean, what it means to go in a little bit and and feel love and safe and go in a little bit more and a little bit more. And before you know it, but you get somebody on the stand and you go like, you send him this text and you you were like, it looks like you're seducing him. And it's like, yeah, but I was seducing him because they told I me I had brainwashed. to. brainwashed. Yeah. No, no, like yeah. I have a lot of skepticism that the jury is going to be like, yeah, but you have to consider the the two years before those texts. Everybody's just like, ah, she was she was seducing him. Like I I'm know. so worried about the legal system and its lack of subtlety, which is why lawyers are always trying to get people. You come in with your real alibi, like what really happened. A good lawyer, and I don't mean a good. I mean a, a, an effective lawyer will be like, that's not a good story. We need a better story, and they'll change yeah. it yeah. to make it more compelling. Yeah, I know it's so fucked, and it. <laughs> <laughs> really, it, it really is. And, and when you add on to the culture of like, we still, as a whole, don't believe women. We don't believe women when it's an obvious, I'm the 72nd person who has said that this person drugged me and raped me. Yeah. Uh, so how are we going to believe women when they're like, I, I'm telling you, I just like, I wanted like this person preyed on all of my insecurities until I felt like I needed him. Mm-hmm. And then we don't want to admit wouldn't... that that's possible. Like if you yeah. find them guilty, you're kind of finding a condition probable that you are that vulnerable yeah. and you are. Yeah. That's just so fucking nuts. I know. It's you are. Yeah. You, you could be brought. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sorry. No, that that's, that's it. I think there is, there's like a not wanting to admit even that humanity can be that evil. Yes. But it's safer to be like this guy did offer a service that they benefited from. Mm-hmm. And yes, branding was part of it. This is what the lawyers say, by the way. They're like, if it's men, they're like, it's just Marines being Marines. But if it's women, that's the argument they make. Oh my God. Yeah. There is a reason I am not watching this. Is that triggering? I didn't mean no, to. No, it's just awful. I thought it, but this guy, it, that is America, by the way. I know. He's that's going, why it's so upsetting. This guy is effective and he did it and they came in. Buyer beware. Oh and they got branded. God. And then they actually twisted to be like if it were men and they were being branded no one no one would bat an eye sort of thing yeah because there's a completely different dynamic if it is men that's you're exactly right like that's the subtlety because we're so muscly and strong (laughs) (laughs) am i hearing you right are you saying i'm muscly and strong (laughs) no because you you bastards write the narrative which is why it is that's why we're like well, if she didn't want to be there, she should have left. It's like you're writing, you're you yeah. are writing the story. You're writing the conditions. You're making the rules. That's right. You're doing all of the games based on 
what it is like to be a man in this society. That's right. But some of us aren't men in this society. <laughs> a large number. A big amount of us aren't. So those things don't apply and to us. And aren't white men in society. Exactly. That's, that's why, like, if Keith Raniere were another race, if Keith Raniere were uh, Kendra <laughs> Raniere. Lemire, for Lemire. some reason. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm glad people are hearing this because we have these types of conversations and you really do help me wake up. Like, I'm very interested in, like, what pills am I swallowing yeah. every day? Yeah. And I don't think we need to be scared to question. It's it's no. a good thing to extricate yourself and just go, like, whoa, I was, I was believing something. And that applies to a million different ethical oh, uh, yeah. belief systems. That's why it's really hard, too, when you... See, like the thing that I said about if she doesn't want to be there, she should have just left. Do you know how many women I've heard say that? Dude, uh, I don't, let's just say people in my family, women in my family mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have said things like that to me. The, the, like putting the, the blame. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that is really when you're like, oh, right, the patriarchy has written the narrative. That's and right. we And we have all bought and into also, it. And also capitalism has written the narrative, meaning he's still the guy. Like, you mm. can't help. I, I'll just put it on me, but I don't think I'm alone. Mm. You can't help but be kind of like, this guy got like hundreds or a hundred thousand people to come to his seminar. <laughs> like, you're kind of <laughs> like, wow, he sold out the Octagon Theater or whatever it is. Oh my God. I just mean, if it, like, look at fucking Shark Tank. Look at the Sponge Daddy. Look at that landfill (laughs) piece of fuck shit. It's the number one. It's a piece of fuck shit. It is. The Sponge Daddy. Fuck you, Sponge Daddy. I'm just kidding. But like, the Sponge Daddy is a sponge shaped like a smiley face. You know what that is? It's a landfill. It's fucking nothing. Yeah. And they made a billion dollars, and there's nothing sadder. Okay, there's a lot sadder, but But, it makes me sad to think of the thousands of people that work for Sponge Daddy that go like, well, I think we offer a lot of organic value. Like, you know, there's like a whimsy to our company. Like, one of our values is like laughing while you're doing the dishes like shut the fuck up you're you're dead you're dead like you've been you've been killed like the money got blown up your ass and now you're telling me that sponge if sponge daddy didn't work yeah the line to say sponge daddy fucking sucks ass would be from here to new york you know what i mean like everyone couldn't wait but because it worked there's countless people getting ready to go on shark tank thinking maybe i'll be the next sponge daddy this is what jesus is talking about when when he's saying like the first shall be last like blessed are the poor all that sort of stuff he's going like because it's always been this way yeah in old town jerusalem there was some you want the the sponge daddy it was like a rag that they cut two holes in and you're like (laughs) you can wash feet with this it's the face foot the face footy Jesus, if you want to wash your disciples' feet, use the face footy. (laughs) Jesus would be like, come on, man. I love the idea of some kind of Shark Tank entrepreneur. In that time? time. (laughs) Oh, my God. Wineskins? These are purple. Like, I, like <laughs> that. Uh, I know I've gone on about Shark Tank a million times on this podcast with you, but like that is how... 
in our own mess we are. Yeah. Is that when they say it costs, it's a thing you clip on your cell phone to give it bunny ears. How much does it cost? 11 cents. What do you charge for it? $28.95. And I'm looking at my phone to buy one. I'm not going, I can't believe I'm paying $28 and whatever, 80 cents more than it costs. I know. I'm happily going like, you win, Ranieri. Mm-hmm. Sponge Daddy is Keith Ranieri. I'm just kidding. I'm just, kidding. I'm just saying there is no, I, there's a line right. to draw. If it works, it's true. And nobody's going nobody's gonna to question it. It cost a billion dollars to make that Lord of the Rings show. And nobody's going like, shouldn't we feed some people? And they're like, nah. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's fair to say we've seen what happens when we let men have all the power. Yes. White men have all the power. I don't know if it needs... I'm just saying there's a lot... I'm just trying to spread the terrible around. Like, I like the generality of men. There have been lots of shit men and a lot of... Yeah, but it's a lot of it's a lot of men. Yeah, and it, and I and I'm not saying like so let only women be in power. Although I mean it's not the worst idea. It's the but but like if we had more femininity, femininity in in this where it wasn't just because with femininity well, comes all of the subtlety and nuance and well that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, and what that's we, what we're missing. What we need. And what, by the way, Val, as I'm saying this, I'm calling bullshit on me because I would hate it. When you, when I hear you on the phone with your girlfriends and the way that, by the way, it is not meandering. It is not fluffy. It is not light and not to the point. It just sounds that way because I'm so in the waters of the West. (laughs) I hear you on the phone being like, oh, you just got to nurture yourself. And I'm over here being like, we should chop off the limb, chop off the limb and throw (laughs) it in the fire. You know what I mean? Like we're men are surgeons and women are like crystal healers. I'm I'm saying in this society and what what the Nexium trial needs is Mm -hmm. someone to go like, can we please calmly consider a, a longer timeline than a text chain yeah. and we'll always win with text chain. And by the yeah. way, that's in our, it's in our movies like John Wick and all. And I like these movies, Jason Bourne, all of that stuff mm. is shooted in the face. Mm-hmm. That is a, a, a reestablishing of like, I, I'll be play I'll play with Lilo. We're playing Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. And it's always somebody's birthday. That's always like, it'll be Krang's birthday or something. <laughs> and she goes, no, it's the bad guy. And I'm like, no, bad guys have birthdays too, Krang. And I'm trying to make it more subtle. Yeah. And I'll be like, he's not a bad guy. He's mentally ill. <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing. Like <laughs> he didn't, he's hurt. So he, something's wrong with him. Yeah. But like, it's always like they stole our powers. Like mm-hmm. someone stole our powers. Mm-hmm. And then we have to go get it back. And I'll be like, maybe we should. And by the way, we don't always play this way because, you know, Sometimes you just want to have a good old rock out Ninja Turtle fight. Yeah. And that's fine too. But this one time I was like, maybe we could just like bring them to the table and like talk about why they stole your powers or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, no, we need to go bash them. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Uh, and we played it that way because, you know, pick your battles. Yeah. But um, that, this is, again, it's, it's something I'm fascinated with. When you think of life, and the infinite potential of a child mm-hmm. and the infinite potential of a new society. Like if mm-hmm. you were going to redo society mm-hmm. and when you look at other societies mm-hmm. that have existed, and I know Native American cultures, 
they had a they had their stuff too. They had torture. They had this that, that like brutal stuff as well. I'm just saying other cultures had more balance. There there were more more balance between warrior and civilian too. Yeah, which brings us back to what we're saying. I don't know what to say to a warrior because, or in the same way that I don't know what to say to someone who's just lost a loved one, because our culture is just look at the look at the hoagies, look yeah. at the pizza. Go on the ride, uh, consume, consume, consume. And when these like un- in all unalterable elements of human experience, conflict and death, mm-hmm. are brought into my life at in line at a Seas Candies in the Denver airport, mm-hmm. of course I don't know what to say. Right. Because I'm completely inoculated right. from, from reality. Right. Yeah. No, we're, we, yeah, we're, we're distracted by, by sponge daddies and we're, we are not being shown how to actually deal with anything real. Precisely. So just let the women have some power and we'll be able to, but it's really, it really is so much more complicated, of course, because we have years and years and years of deconditioning that we have to do right from just believing that if it, if it works, then it's right. The masculine creed. Right. It's interesting. That's what a chick flick is, by the way, a chick flick is where they don't just shoot the bad guy in the face. There's like (laughs) scenes. You said little women, there's scenes where they're just holding each other. (laughs) Yeah. With kittens on a bed. (laughs) Or I just mean like somebody's sad when she burns little women. Yeah, spoiler, that's when she the burns one I was thinking and of And they too. like hold her. I and know. they apologize and they hug and they cuddle. And there's cuddle. kittens on the bed. Oh, and there's kittens scene. on the bed. <laughs> yeah. And if there was little men, it would be like... Joe's anyway. Boys, there is. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if there's a movie, but there's a book. Well, I don't need that, Val. This riff <laughs> would do a lot better. <laughs> I'm just saying it would be like, <laughs> let's kill them in the night, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. and And it is... You know, we've we've had this conversation a million times. Mm-hmm. There's something just because it's not even to defend men; it's to defend masculinity. Sometimes it's just exactly 100%. what we ordered. I know, but nobody's saying sometimes what we need is feminine energy. No one's saying that. Yeah, unless unless you're in Sedona. You know what right. I mean? If you're in Sedona and you're like, we need a womb in the room. It's like, okay. Yeah. She's not, she's not a flower. Yeah. But what are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? All right. Oh, God. Valerie. I'm sorry. To be profesh. Um, okay. Do you have anything you want to say about our lovely trip to Taos? Taos. Taos. One, Taos is tacos without the sea. Perfect. Coincidence. <laughs> coincidence new mexico <laughs> and it's new mexico <gasps> tacos that's uh, like pillage the village did you mean tacos <laughs> no 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 ta- 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 taos. yeah no that taos. sounds right <laughs> taos new mexico oh god <laughs> that was terrible <laughs> nikolai <laughs> <laughs> isn't it weird hey the, you guys the like arbitrary things we've decided were nerdy like snorting it's like that sound that your body makes is a geek sound <laughs> it's because you don't have look you don't have awareness i've made this point many times you're giving away your location <laughs> you just oh, now the predators know where we are uh two it's something that it's not refined like we mm-hmm. like having control 
Yeah. Denzel Washington, always my go-to, would never <laughs> snort. He would, never. <laughs> like, he'd never do that. You can't picture it. I can't picture it. I know. I can't picture him burping mid-sentence. I can. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think that's exactly something he would do. But like the... Not the, a burp. A not cough. a burp. No, I would say like a... Like a, I just ate a big meal kind of... <laughs> Old Denzel, maybe. Y- yeah. <laughs> now now Zell. Now Zell. Not Venzel. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I had a burp in New Mexico. <laughs> Speaking of our trip to New Mexico. <laughs> well, we were eating. It's just hard to eat the way that I eat. I love eating there, though. Anywhere. The food is so good. I'm just saying, yes. No, I'm not saying the food's not great. I'm just saying as a result of being on the road, you type in juice bar in Taos and it gives you the finger. <laughs> like Yelp gives you the finger. Yeah. So there's just no way to be an LA jerk like me. So we ended up eating a bunch of stuff. And th- I just want to say the thing that made you laugh. I was like, I, <laughs> oh I'm, my having, God. I'm having burps that are like, what did I say? You said, I'm having burps that are like Thanksgiving, but like every part of Thanksgiving, the guests, <laughs> the furniture. Ah! Yes. And it was such a big laugh because it's funny, obviously, but I really thought you were going to say every part of Thanksgiving, like the cranberry sauce, yeah. the mashed potatoes. The, no, the, the burps the were like. the guests were the first thing you list. They were like mothball sport coats. Like I the didn't guests. like any part of the guests, the furniture. Oh my God. I also said to you, we, we, we just had a lot of funny traveling. I forget. And I'm putting this out there because I know there's people like me. I will always resist traveling. Mm. And as I've said a million times, one of the reasons our relationship is so fucking beautiful. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> is because I did not like the way you looked when you said beautiful. Fucking beautiful. <laughs> it was like it was Groot? Yeah, it was kind of like Groot. <laughs> I am Groot. I think he was saying fucking beautiful though. Um <laughs> I forget what I was saying. Uh, oh, I We'll always resist it, but one of the reasons it works is I know to go. I'm proud of this. It took a lot of work. I'm wrong. Just go. Mm-hmm. Remember I told you that whenever I visit my parents, I want to get a tattoo that says, don't forget you might be wrong. Yeah. I want to update that. You are wrong. <laughs> like I want a tattoo that says, you are wrong. <laughs> like that is, there's no better wisdom than yeah. just remembering a few times a day, you're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong. Talk about not a waters of the West value. Yeah. Never wrong. Yeah. You're wrong. It's just like an embedded humility. Yes. Just, I guess it's another way of saying stay humble. Yeah. Yeah. But we Which went. people do have tattooed on them. Exact. We went and we had such a great time. And mm. I was like, it doesn't make any sense, but just getting on a plane and going. Being in a new place, having, yeah. experiencing novelty and. Yeah different weather and you're not used to it i know this is so obvious so you pay closer attention yeah, to it it makes you i mean eckhart tolle says that yes yeah. like travel makes people more present yep. and that's why they like doing it we loved it it was great it was so fun the other thing that made <laughs> our friend viana laugh until she we'd got a real spit take we got a real spit take but i was just quoting you, you which was the idea that someone goes into like a funeral home and is like wow you guys are really into halloween huh <laughs> 
Wow. You and I love it because you made it a funeral home, but I said c- cemetery. Cemetery. But either one. Really the reason works. I changed it to funeral home is I wanted someone there. In a cemetery, <laughs> no one's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like go to a cemetery for some alone time, just you and the corpses. But go into a funeral home. Because you're so in Halloween. There's a director there. Right. Yeah. And he's there and you're like, wow, you're really into Halloween. And he's like, pardon me. <laughs> Talk about a guy or a person that deals with death. Yeah. And sees it. We're so yeah. embarrassing. I know. Cut out their their fat bellies. Like when somebody with a really big belly I dies, know. they're it in the casket with my papa. and they're like flat. And mm-hmm. it's like, why does this guy look like Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> it really is so interesting. And the like you in remove the, it. In the South it's like really common to take a family portrait with the open casket where people are smiling. Yeah. You might even do a silly one. With, Let's do a fun one. With the open casket. And it's like that, I guess, I guess that's maybe closer to being healthy because we're not, yeah. you're not like afraid of death. You're just, you know. In fact, not smiling in, fa- in funeral photos or making funeral face. Yeah. We all have our funeral face. Uh-huh. <laughs> is exactly what we're talking about. It's like shellacking or painting over everything. Yeah. That's also a doctor coming in and being like, your numbers are looking good. And then going in the hallway and being like, they're dead tonight. Yeah. Like we, it's hard to find a doctor that would be like, I think this is it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. They'd be like, okay, we're going to keep pushing fluids. It's like, all right, I'm going to die. No, like that's. That's all Ram Dass stuff. Yeah, it is interesting. What were we saying? Oh, the other laugh. You guys are in the funerals. Look, we're going to do the mid-rolls. When we come back, we're going to take... Answer your questions. Yeah, because it is our anniversary today. Isn't that romantic? Isn't it romance? We've been married for five, five years, big ones. Which is the wood. Let's just say... <laughs> Let's just say... We got wood. <laughs> <laughs> the wooden anniversary let's just say that we got wood this year and we've been together for nine almost ten years yeah. <laughs> isn't that romantic <laughs> well it's not very romance okay so when we come back we'll take uh some of your questions and oh i don't know if we'll get to it i got pulled over i think that's worth talking about yeah maybe let's take questions first and see if we have time for it all right but in one of the questions i'm going to work in that i got pulled over two <laughs> okay day, two days ago. i love it All right, we'll be right back in, I think, one minute, two minutes. See you in a sec. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by our friends at Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of Father Greg Boyle's audiobooks uh, on my iPhone. And when I do, it's been an absolute pleasure. A lot because the books are incredible, obviously. But in huge part because when I do, I listen to them on my Raycon Wireless Earbuds. Raycon everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for a perfect in-ear fit these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge trust me i often wear these earbuds when i'm on my treadmill which means my body is moving quite a bit and they stay put and they sound fantastic raycons give you eight hours of playtime and a 32 hour battery life raycons are also priced just right you get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands it's no wonder raycons everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five star reviews they have three customizable sound 
sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, everything you get in the super, super expensive ones, you get them in Raycon just as great, feeling, sounding, and looking amazing. I absolutely love them. They keep in place, they sound great, and you don't have to spend an arm and a leg to get high, high, high quality audio. And you can show your support of this podcast. So go to buyraycon.com today and use code WEIRDO15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code WEIRDO15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code WEIRDO15. You're listening to podcasts. You might as well do it in comfort with great audio quality and with all the functions that you could possibly dream of. Buyraycon.com and use promo code WEIRDO15. All right, guys, back to the show. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. Hey, you guys are really good at asking questions. Really? Yeah, I got a lot of really beautiful ones. Can't wait. Won't Can't wait. wait. Will not wait. And we got, I got even more, holy cow, since, uh, since the ones I read. Well, this is from our... Um, somebody that we've met i was gonna say our friend and i'm gonna say our friend even though we've really only met him in person once Britton vanderbush hi Britton. he says uh here's my question can you each identify a sacrifice big or small that the other has made for you and how it made you feel yeah he's <laughs> sitting at my feet right now <laughs> oh my god i'm listening to him clomp his chompers Oh my god, that is so funny because I was like, huh, what is what is, what is, so, one? What is one? And there's a huge one that we live with every day. Well, but like, look, not to shit on our dog, Brody. This goes back to going to New Mexico on mm. this trip. Mm-hmm. There's like a because I love Brody. I really do. I, I love teasing. Yeah. But I love him. Everything that we do on a deep, deep, deep unconscious level is something I would not do. <laughs> everything? <laughs> not everything, but a lot of it. Okay, so we moved out of the city. Best decision I ever made. We ever made. Love it. So good for me. Yeah. Would I have done it without you? Uh, zero chance. Right. But you... That's a zero, because it wasn't modeled to me. Nobody told me. Nobody was talking about that. Not yeah. hanging out with other comedians and being like, you know, this is great, but it would be nice to see the stars. Nobody's saying that. Yeah. So not a sacrifice, but if if we define it very, very loosely, yeah, one of the benchmarks of our relationship is me finally having someone else to listen to mm. because left to my own devices, I've said this a million times, I'd be in a cop's apartment, yeah. just like a <laughs> mattress on the floor. Maybe the cop who pulled you over. <laughs> Just <laughs> so good. <laughs> Truly just, I mean, if there were the PD awards, that would win every year. Okay. Anyway, uh, I put that. Yeah. Oh, but so yeah, you didn't move here for me, but you did move here upon my suggestion. And yeah, well, yeah. And, and that, but, but. The really important part of that is that ended up being my favorite thing. Yeah. So to when you talk about sacrifice, Vanderbush, <laughs> when you talk about it, it's interesting. 
when you trust somebody and you really get on the same page, like for real. Yeah. Not just like, sorry to put down other, I'm not trying to put down other couples is what I mean. Not just pretending to be each other's boyfriend, girlfriends mm-hmm. at parties. <laughs> These are things, you know, uh-huh. really merging with another person and, and trusting them and, and them being trustworthy, which you are, Valerie. Yeah. Slowly, the part of me that is scared, mm-hmm. scared of change, scared of opening myself up, whatever it might be. Mm then these sacrifices aren't really sacrifices. It, it's more like acts of, of trust. Yeah. That's what I was basically going to say is it's so interesting. I, I like this question because I was like, I've never thought of that word in our relationship. Like I've never been like, well, I'm just going to sacrifice this for Pete. It never feels like I'm that. I'm glad it, that- that would be brutal if well, you were like... Well, and for a second there, I got worried because I was like, oh, you're making all the sacrifices and I'm not making any. No, but- it's because I'm I'm like, I'd love to be a piano, but I'm a harpsichord. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm wound tighter. That's why I sound like... <laughs> I aspire for piano. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe even like a, a sloppy down-tuned banjo would be really great. <laughs> but like, I, I still have harpsichord tendencies. Yeah. So yeah, Pete is wrong. <laughs> We're back to the you are wrong tattoo. It, it, it's like... That, that doesn't mean like, I'll, here's a, a practical example. The first house we looked at outside of the city, you were ready to move there. Yeah. And I was like, no way. Yeah. I said no way about six times. Yeah. And that's not to say you're less discerning than me, but that means yeah. I'll, I'll go with you, but I'm going to bring along, I'm not going to check Just my brain anywhere. at the door and be like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I, I, I've gotten better at, li- this is important. If you're going to make sacrifices mm-hmm. or if you're going to trust your partner, mm-hmm. you need to, or I needed to get good at discerning what do I need and mm-hmm. what do I want and what, like, what do I really need out of what I really want? Like, right. what are just things you want that, that are comfortable, like eating at the same restaurant every day, but what do you really need? And I know what I need. Yeah. And I was right. Like we waited until we found the place that I was like, this is it. Mm-hmm. And, and you were right about this place. And I was, that's, that's my. <sighs> Bless you. Yeah, I know. No. Contribution. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But that, that's a key. Cause in my first marriage, she wanted something and I, I just didn't know what I needed. And I didn't yeah. know to say like, no, I'm 27 and I'm trying to, trying to make a life. It's yeah. not time for me to move to Terrytown. Yeah. I think it's a great, <laughs> bless you. Thank you. I think it's a great, um, I think we should go back to Brody because that's the one thing that and I and I know you are you try really hard and you do love Brody on some level. That could be true. That could I be do, true. I do. I know you do. But that is the one thing that I wanted that we we got because of me. That now it's been eight years, and it it's the one thing that you're not like. And you were right. And I just am and that's so the glad. Risk. And that's the risk. And I and think it's that only might because, be the only thing yeah, yeah. that that we've done for me that you that you are like still working with. And to answer the second part of the question, how did that make you feel? Because Britain's question was, what was the sacrifice 
And then how did that make you feel? For years, I felt really bad about it. Really? At least for a year. I was like, oh, man, because we were still like we had just moved in together. And I was like, oh, I don't like I felt so bad that I made you do this thing that you didn't like. And that's the risk, too. And then I remember you saying that DGP, your therapist, said something about that being like kind of an immature response on my part. And I was like, felt bad. Yeah. And I told you. Yeah. (laughs) DGP said you're immature. So no, but you said it gently. But you know, it was like, and it kind of was because it was a little codependent. It was like, well, yes, I wanted to get this dog, but you agreed to get this dog. And neither one of us could have known. It was just more nuanced. It was like, neither one of us could have predicted that you wouldn't like the dog. So like, I wouldn't like the dog barking, barking and, and you would, yeah. Uh, and so like, it wasn't my fault, but it's really, really hard, especially for Enneagram nines to make a decision to say what they want. And then when, and then when what they want negatively affects someone else, that's like unbearable to us. So it was really hard for me at the beginning to get used to that. But I don't know, we were still so, we were still somewhat new in the relationship. So I'm sure we didn't communicate it perfectly um but then like you started making an effort with brody and then i just sort of but actually it's funny when we're talking about that trust that leads to more decisions Mm. with brody i feel weird he's in the room but (laughs) (laughs) this is what this is a fundamental difference this is why it bothers you is because you think that he has way more intelligence not, than no, he has. I was like, that, that's not true. Maybe, he, I mean, he's yeah, not no, listening. I do, he doesn't I, need anything from I you. I do project things onto him like boredom. Yeah. Then that you don't consider. I'm like, he's bored. <laughs> no, he's fine. He's tired of the same meal every day or whatever it might be. <laughs> um, but to talk about the trust that leads to sacrifice, not being a painful thing mm-hmm. with Brody which was a choice that I did trust. I remember the feeling I got the first time I saw him, mm. which was a very classic Holmes boy, like, I can't do this, in the way that Holmeses don't ski. Mm. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And then I had another voice that was like, that's just something that was told to you. Mm-hmm. Like, th- my family has a real, like, don't bother us. Yeah. That's like on our family crest, don't bother us. Yeah. Oh God, I have more on that. They probably are all your family. Your parents probably are all highly sensitive people who just didn't know how for to sure. cope. So I want to lay on this compliment for you though. Yeah, please. Is it ended up being good uh, for that trust because mm-hmm. when Brody ended up being challenging to me, mm-hmm. I saw that you were still on my side. Yes. You weren't trying to tell me, don't feel that way. Yeah. You even maybe even said, and this might not be popular, but you were like, if we need to give him back, we can. Yeah. Which is, which is a bad thing to say. I, I, whatever. I understand people think that's like the worst thing in the world. Mm-hmm. But knowing that you were like, look, I'll even suffer Instagram shame mm-hmm. that people will be like, where'd your dog go? Why'd you delete those posts? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That you were like, I'm on your side. That enriched so that shit fertilized 
the soil. Yeah. I saw what happens when a decision goes goofy or not as, as we planned. Mm-hmm. You were still, you know, ride or die. You were still on my side. Yeah. So that led to more and more trust. And, mm. but like, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad I would think of, I thought of a couple because normally if people are like, what sacrifices you made, I'd be like, me and Val are just easy. But yeah. the truth is, we do. We when do. I, when I'm, well, when you have a kid, especially, it's yeah. like you will get up even though I. it's my turn to get up. That's and there's I'm, so many opportunities to be like, I'm just going to get this one. But I, yes. I guess it does feel like a sacrifice. But again, I would never put that word. I would be like, Buddy, I'm going to use this opportunity to make you feel loved. 100%. I think one of the keys to a healthy relationship and certainly one of the keys to our healthy relationship is the, the, Richard has this great thing about God. He goes, God, there's one thing God can't do. It's add and subtract. Mm-hmm. Meaning like it's he's already 100% on board with you. He's not yeah. ticking and keeping track of how many times you did this or that. Or it's not, he doesn't keep ledgers. Mm. And I think not keeping ledgers, if both parties are agreeing to be considerate mm-hmm. and to call audibles, mm. but being sensitive to the idea like you're not keeping a ledger but you're also not not having some general more of a color Mm. than a number sheet than a spreadsheet like what i'm trying to say is actually pretty simple let's say it's your morning to get up Mm -hmm. and there's a rough night or i just noticed that you're going to the bathroom or a lot or whatever or leela woke you up in the night or whatever it may be Or just as simple as it's your morning to wake up, but I'm awake. Yeah. And I feel ready to go. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. And yeah, am I sacrificing my morning? I just don't think in those terms, but I'm like, yeah. I could have, you know, yeah. done my stuff, my little, my morning routine, which takes like two hours. I could have done it, but instead I'm just going to get up with Lee and, and that doesn't get written down anywhere. Yeah. You're so right that it comes down to trust because you trust. I trust that you'll do it for me. That I would do it for you. Without us ever talking about it. Exactly. And that if you can trust that the person that you're with is going to be giving to you, you will want to be giving to them. Exactly. And I've been in relationships where that wasn't the case. And so you're like, I'm not going to give you shit because I don't even have enough for me because you're not giving me anything. That's right. (laughs) I had people, I I dated a person that would would like use it as a token. Yeah. Like, remember I did that. Yeah. We did what you wanted to do last time. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. It's, we're not siblings. We're... Yeah. You know oh my mean? God. It doesn't have to be perfectly. Yeah. Exactly the universe right. isn't our parents and we're not siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. This is a great question from my dear sweet friend, Audrey Asad. Um, go check out her music. She's one of the best singers living. Uh, she said, what are the best bad, hard, tricky day restart buttons for y'all? Cause she's, oh God, you know I love she's that. so cute. I know. Isn't that great? All I have are bad day resets. I know. That's and it really is, thing. you know, we, <laughs> my life revolves around bad day resets. <laughs> That's so true. And there's so much wisdom in that question, even to recognize that sometimes you just need to pause and go. I think we need a reset. Yeah. And we we do that. We do that a lot. We do that a lot. We you start know, dates over sometimes. It, yeah. Like, Let's start. Not because but, we're bickering. We started this podcast over. I know. This is take two. Yeah, this is take two. Sometimes you need a reboot. 
That's right. And you're very good at that. More than me, you'll say like, you you will maybe like say something in the moment and then that you kind of are like, that's not even really what I meant. That's not. Yeah. And then it like, and we're and I'll react to it or something. And then you'll go, can we just start over? And, and it feels so good yeah. to just be like, right, we can, we have the power yeah. to just completely start over. And I can't. Mm. Uh, so I think like saying it is so important. But then I would think whatever our individual reset buttons are, that's what we would do. If if there was like, if we were having a, heart, a sticky morning or something where we just seemed to be kind of missing each other or saying yeah. things that we regret to each other, I feel like we would intuitively be like, I think I am feeling funky and I need to just go do my own things to make myself feel yeah better and you do that for me all the time it, and that's another trust thing is sometimes yeah. you tell me to do my things that that sounds crazy you don't go like why don't you go why don't you go get in a cold pool yeah you <laughs> but we look out for each other unconsciously mm -hmm. i also think the the phrase can we start over is beautiful mm -hmm. because it's it's without getting too into it it's acknowledging that this isn't real Mm. in the good way. Yeah. Not in the scary way. Everybody relax. I just mean in the sense that this is um, Maya. This is just a happening. Yeah. And here's what I'm saying is if you go, um, let's say we're having a fight. My, you say, take the trash out. I'll say, you take the trash out. And you say, you take the trash out. Then I'll say, can we, no. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it. What I'm saying is if somebody says, can we start over? Yeah. And somebody and the other person is. <laughs> You're cute. I know. It's troubling. No, I, I mean, I'm having a hard time. Yeah. And the other person is stuck in believing that this thing we're doing is real. Yeah. They'll say, no, we can't start over. Yeah. You said that to me. It's mm -hmm. like when someone says, fuck your mother mm -hmm. and they go, my mom's dead. And it's mm -hmm. like, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, but you said it. Yeah. It's like, they didn't know. Yeah. Start over. Right. Or, or, or like, it, why, why don't we give them a standing ovation? I'm in a wheelchair. I didn't know that. Let's mm, start over. Right. Like, let's, and like, it, 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 <laughs> but well, some people want to fight. They, they want to fight. fight. Or, they want to exist. They want to be real. They want to be correct. Or, yeah. And they don't want to like, let go of their position. That being said, I do think I re I can remember for some reason I feel like we were at this stop sign at the end of our street where you said something like can we start over and I remember saying like I think I need just a little bit longer to f to feel yeah what I'm feeling about this before we start over. And that's on the table too. And that's on the table too. So the an so sometimes the answer is like yes, absolutely, but I'm not going to just completely be no. able to let go of however that made me feel. I remember Tony, Tony Robbins and his wife were talking about like, in our house, we have a rule that you can't be upset about something for more than 90 seconds. Life is too short. And <laughs> I was like, that is just too much. Yeah, that's, that that's is too much. Way a, too far. My therapist would say that's like your brain trying to drag your body like oh, yeah, and, <laughs> kicking and, and screaming. And there's a logic too. to going like, yeah, life is short. Do you really want to spend it being upset? But it's like, you've helped me with this. It's like, sometimes 
it's the right time to be upset yeah. and, and to feel your feelings and to say, no, I need more time with my feelings and that's okay. Yeah. But like the person that gets lit up mm. in a fight because they know they're right and they need to win. Yeah. That is probably the same person that you, it was love or lack of it. Mm. it you, there weren't enough trusting, mm. loving things because you, you needed to fight. It's like, make, right. I've never had makeup sex in my life. Yeah. You know, maybe there were relationships, maybe I have actually, but like you and I don't do that mm-hmm. because we don't flare up because we're fighting about something that we didn't deal with in, in the moment. Yeah. Because honestly, sometimes if you listen to us talk, it's, it's a little embarrassing. Like yeah. we're, we're very sensitive mm-hmm. to one another, but yeah. that's what I fucking need. That's I, what I need to. I, I can't handle. We're squishy, sensitive babies. <laughs> and I mean, that's really, that goes back to what I was saying about know what you need. Mm. And I need softness i need gentle language i need gentle language i i and even all volume even... like I, there's certain volumes i just like what are you doing yeah. like talk to some people and i'm like what is this volume yeah like a tv i can hear through the wall like I, what is this and i totally understand that like enneagram eights especially too <sighs> would feel this way like that that we could each be with somebody who would be so frustrated and be like just say what you mean and be okay when i just say what i mean that's lovely and they should find somebody who speaks that way too that's right but both you and i are so good at decoding what somebody actually means that we actually do benefit from like layers of soft padding yeah. before you get to the truth. Because if you say something really gentle with a lot of disclaimers, I'm going to know like, okay, oh, he really means, oh, this, this is really serious. Yeah. He means that he, and then I'm also going to feel loved by your effort to be gentle about it. Yeah. And I'm going to know what you really mean underneath all of it. Yeah. So it just, that's really the, if I had to give like one relationship tip, it would be find somebody who communicates like the same way that you do. Who it talks it just, in the way that makes you feel okay. Yeah. And it's, and, and maybe you're in a relationship with somebody who doesn't and you guys have figured it out. That's lovely. I'm not saying that's impossible. For me, I have to be with somebody who talks the way that I talk. Yeah. <laughs> it just is so, it's just too important. Completely agree. But it, I sometimes think subtitles on, you're just saying like, can you not put your wet underwear yeah. from the pool yeah. on the floor in the living room? Absolutely. Like, but you have to, I don't even know how you would say that. Maybe with that, you would just say, can you not put your wet underwear but even that, I don't think you would say that to me. No, I, I, I think that there. You might make a joke. You I might would be make like, a joke, and I'm is not. Is this the best place to put your underwear? And that <laughs> yeah. feels safe to me. Yeah. Because what we're doing then, and then you would say, is we're both making fun of an idea mm-hmm. of a guy that does that. I don't feel attacked. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, I, I know that sounds crazy, but it really feels like we're making fun of somebody else. <laughs> and honestly, I know like this, we're not saying this is the healthiest thing because I think this is probably not perfectly healthy, but it is at least unhealthy in a nicer way. <laughs> yeah. Because I, nice I, unhealthy. I think I would make a joke. I would be like, you know, yeah, is this the best place to put your underwear? And then you would say something like, I don't want to be teased. 
like as a joke yeah, yeah. and I would be like I'm trying to think you said that you said that to me recently I am a big baby sometimes you said something to me like the other night and I was like and I said I don't want to be teased yeah I don't know it's what like it was. It's like this little dance we do. It's yeah. like you do that. Like, I you, don't want to be teased. You say you don't want to be teased. And, and then I say some, you know, like reassure you that I am not teasing and I love you. Yes. And, you know. It's weird how just like in your own private life as an individual, mm-hmm. you have little scripts that you run. When you've been in a relationship long enough, you have little scripts that you run. Yeah. Where subtitles on, you're just going like, do you love me? I love you. Do you love me? I love you. But That's like right. you're just saying yeah. little things. It really is like a um can can you not do this thing and then being like yes I can but you don't you don't not love me because of that, right? And then me being like, yeah, of course I still love you. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, and we've talked about how because my my first wife left me, I I have I sometimes catch myself feeling like, oh no. Mm. It's like there's something fundamentally wrong with me or unlovable about me that like given enough time. So we've been married five years together for nine years. Like this is, you've been with me a long time. You're going to find that thing. Mm. I'm happy to know. I'm happy to say that I think we know what that thing might even look like. And it's not nearly as bad as I'm, as I was afraid it was, you know what you I mean? You mean like the thing that makes you leaveable? Yeah, like just just the stuff that's like there, there's like a the voice in my pain would say like yeah there are like quirks and some people have like quirks and those are fun but my quirks are you know mm. they're leaveable <laughs> you know Ugh. I know but you do you do so and then you know what one of them is constantly needing to be reassured and it's not constant but needing to be reassured that i'm not going to be left i'm like that's annoying (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm happy i'm happy to do it i really am and i and i need reassurance too like i'm i have a similar wound so i understand it but that's the thing is yeah, it just it just makes me really sad that you were left and that it made you me too. feel like you're you're like everybody everybody has things that are a little less desirable to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also my friend Katie, I'll get to this question. I'll just weave this question in. My friend Katie Dalebout um asked like what is a good foundation? What was it? It was, what is the best thing to keep in mind when starting a new relationship to make a good foundation? And I would say like a great foundation would be a deep friendship and, and like enjoying each other. And this just happens naturally when you're falling in love anyway. It's, it's, Mike Birbiglia's great thing about like falling in love is like some of like you're walking around being like, I think I have this really great thing. And then somebody else goes, do you know that you have this really great thing? And you're like, yeah, you know, like it's so beautiful. And that's, and when we're falling in love, Marianne Williamson has said this, and we talked about this recently that she says, when you're, when you're falling in love and you're seeing what is so magical about this person that you're falling in love with and they're, you know, they're 
flaws or wounds or are cute to you are cute or they're at least like just small and in the background because you're just so in awe of everything that they are that is seeing clearly yeah it's later in the relationship the course in miracles woman yeah and she ran for president i know what's interesting sorry oh please i want to know what's interesting uh, a friend of mine recommended a book about the course in miracles and i've been reading it and really enjoying it and there are things that I think it's even designed to be kind of like, well, I don't know if I agree with that, but like that's like built into it. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, still enjoying it. And the one thing that I did resonate with, which goes back to this feeling mm-hmm. that I have, The Course in Miracles, if I'm getting it correct, the origin story, it's very, it's similar to what we've already believed uh, or enjoyed playing with, is there was a oneness, an infinite spaceless, thingless oneness that split, decided to split and Leland play around. And then one of its uh, iterations had a thought of like, what if I went off on my own Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like split away from God and entered into duality? So we went from oneness to duality and then the multiplicity of form. And then the thing that I liked about The Course in Miracles that resonated with all of this guilt that I'm and fear Mm -hmm. that I deal with and that psychology would agree Freudian, Jungian psychology would agree that we all have this like unconscious guilt and Mm -hmm. fear and fear that you're going to be punished Mm -hmm. is kind of like, that actually does go back to getting pulled over. Mm -hmm. Like there's almost like this, like, it's very vulnerable Mm -hmm. to be pulled over. Like I just caught myself having to push away the feeling that like, yeah, see, you're like, they caught you Mm -hmm. like you're, and you're going to be caught more and more and more. And like, God can't wait to catch you too. So in the course origin of life thing they say that you split away and you have this guilt that you split from god Mm -hmm. and then you have this fear of god that god is mad at you so you stay in this illusion they would say you stay in this reality Mm -hmm. because you're hiding from god and i was like i'm not proud to admit this but i'm like i relate to that Mm -hmm. this sort of like stay here uh be an individual Mm -hmm. be a shiny individual and hide from this thing that you have forgotten so much that you think it wants to hurt you, Mm. even though it is you. And even though it's made of perfect love, Mm -hmm. I I related to that. I don't know where in my past, certainly my marriage, certainly some of my childhood, there's like this fear of like an underbelly or an incoming the the great parking the great speeding ticket in the sky you know you're gonna you're gonna be sequestered and 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 blown to smithereens well because you were directly taught that that was the nature of reality as right. a Christian right of what course I, what I like about the course is they're going like that's normal like everybody has unconscious fear and guilt and that's why you mm-hmm. stay here instead of in their language like going home like returning. Yeah. to your state of oneness. Interesting. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Anyway. Um, but yeah, the Marianne Williamson thing really resonates of like, you see really clearly the person in in the beginning before yeah. you have built up these stories and, and this baggage yeah. and these suppressed feelings of like, you always do this. This is just who you are. This is yeah. like, that really, really resonates with me. But that is how, and and I can't take credit for this. This is just naturally this because our love feels more like a gift than something that I'm doing. That's how I feel about you still. Yeah. So mm-hmm. 
So when you're like, oh, you probably hate me because I fart on the couch or whatever it is, hypothetically. <laughs> that could, that could, <laughs> that be, could true. be true. Uh, I'm like, but you're, you're Pete, like you're the love of my life. Yes. And I really need that. And that's not to say I'm not like impervious to being annoyed, what, or, annoyed or whatever, but it's just so, so in the background. But that is why I catch myself going like, and this is, this is my life's work is like, I've done all this work to become special. And then the temptation is to then believe my specialness is what makes me lovable. This is why spirit is always alluring to me. Yeah. True spirituality would be like, you don't, you don't have to do anything. Right. You already are. You're made of God's love or the love of the, you're, you are love. You're good. Yeah. Relax. Also, like a novel, your whole life is already written and mm-hmm. we're just going through it page by page because that's how mind perceives time. But it's all done. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Relax, 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 relax. Mm-hmm. But in my weaker moment, weaker, more human, more vulnerable moments, I catch myself going like, we added a second show in Portland. Val's not going to leave me. <laughs> like oh. that's, that's what it is. Wow. Thanks, Portland, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Portland, because it Thank was you, a touch and go there, and I was almost out the door, and then, <laughs> then, oh then I saw... Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that's that. just the, the, the voice. Like, and that really is... A lot is, of shiny people are going like, now they won't hurt me. And that is such a projection of like how... Yeah, exactly what you said, of how you, what you think is even lovable about you. Because any... I, <laughs> it's not even the right I know. wall to put the ladder on. Like yeah. it it would be, it still would be inaccurate, but it would be even closer to accurate to be like, I did the dishes. So Val's not going to leave yeah, me. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I it reminds me of when I said, what if when Leela's a teenager, I'm not doing anything cool. And you're like, you'll be her dad. Yeah. Like that's, that's something new that I'm learning. Yeah. To answer Katie's question, I think there's something about the gut phase, you yeah. know, when you're dating, when, when you and I first were going on our first dates, because we've, we've changed so much since then, so much, an incredible amount. So that person was there. I know this is silly, but I always think of the movie Gigli. That's right. In the movie <laughs> Gigli, Christopher Walken plays this private detective. I've, I've talked about this on the podcast before, and it's actually kind of brilliant. He's mm-hmm. trying to find mm-hmm. out who murdered... So- I know, and it's in the movie Gigli. Mm-hmm. It's Christopher Walken. Mm-hmm. But it's also written well. He's trying to find out who murdered somebody or something, mm-hmm. but he's doing it by... He doesn't ask them anything about anything even crime-related. He's just He might as well be like, what did you have for lunch today? Mm. Uh-huh. And you like tuna? You're a tuna guy? And I was like, that's it. That mm. is trying to know that there's something you can't know. In this mm-hmm. case, in the case of dating, is this the right person for me? Mm-hmm. In the case of criminal investigation, did this person murder them? In both cases, the person isn't, one, they're not even capable of telling you, yeah. the dating one. Two, they're, the murder one, they're not going to tell you mm-hmm. if they are. So you have to look for another wavelength of intelligence, which is mm-hmm. more feminine, more intuitive, more spacious, mm-hmm. less practical. It's not a ledger. Yeah. So you're just kind of, maybe you're talking about your favorite movies, but you're seeing, and you're not even thinking, you shouldn't think this way, but you're, you just are, is this person talking in a way that is loving to me? Yeah. Is this person laughing in a way that's light to me? Mm. I, I, be, even though we're spoken for, mm-hmm. I find this all the time with friend relationships. Same, yeah. I'm talking to them and I'm saying something and they just completely miss it. And mm-hmm. that's fine. 
I'm not like fail your garbage to me. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, oh, my Christopher Walken is like, they're not the guy. They didn't do it. Yeah. Or they're not my partner or they're not going to be my friend. Yeah. And, that, and that's okay. It doesn't mean they're garbage. It just means they're, there's the level of gut. And I, I think that's, that's so true. There are a lot of people that I went on dates with and there was absolutely nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know I love this. Like it comes down to like pheromones, chemistry, like but literal chemistry. Yep, uh, absolutely. Like no one smells better to me than you. Yeah, same. And that that was right away to do with it. I mean, we just lean into it. Be a bonobo and be like this person's smell smells like good smell to me. Yep, and you know. I won't bore you. I know you guys know that I always quote that study, but there are studies that are like enjoying each other's smell is a better indicator of the success of a relationship than like shared interest. Really? I don't know if I knew that one. Really? Then I will repeat it. They did this thing where someone would sleep in a t-shirt for three nights and then they put it in a bag Mm -hmm. and and you'd pick your partner by smell. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And that study had very, very good results. Wow. That's what we should be doing. You shouldn't be swiping. You should be sniffing. We should be sniffing. I really think that's true. And I, everybody I've ever been attracted, I guess... That is something to note is there are people that I was attracted to that I really liked how they smelled uh, and we shouldn't have been in a relationship. So there, that is just says a lot more about attraction, but you have smelled the best to me of anybody I've ever like. And oh. I remember it being right away yeah. being like, well, I look back on some I of those relationships where I was like, <laughs> where it just wasn't right. And I was like, yeah, it was, the smell was okay, but I wasn't like, yeah, yeah. let me bury my face in your armpit. <laughs> um, okay, so this actually, the gut thing leads into another question that doesn't, it's not necessarily about specific to relationship maybe, or maybe it is, but it says, do you think the gut feeling you feel is similar to hearing God talk to you? Meaning, do you feel intuition is God speaking to you? And I would just say a real quick yes to that. <laughs> I would say that in intuition, Rupert Spira says, try to make decisions from the deepest part of you that is love and understanding. Mm-hmm. So you could call the deepest part of you that is love and understanding. You could call that God. I think that would be correct. Mm. Um, and tr- what gut is, is thoughtless, quiet stillness mm-hmm. um, without even, again, no more ledger. No more going like, is this person look right? Like, what will mother think? All that sort of bullshit. Yeah. You drop down into that stillness that knows, that is still and clear and transparent and colorless and luminous. <laughs> all, the, all the words that Rupert uses. That is God, that is God and that is God. That being said, I think it's harder than people give it mm-hmm. to access your true what the Quakers call your small, still voice. Yeah. Like to get into it mm-hmm. and to know you can trust it, I think takes practice. Because for me, you know, when we would be casting Crashing, for example, so we're watching audition tapes of, of actors, mm-hmm. you got to be real careful to mm-hmm. not just be like, do I hate this person or is it just their glasses remind me of that bully? Yeah. Or, or the way they said their name reminded you of someone who was unkind to you. Mm. Or they, for me, a lot of times it's like they look like, uh, 
maybe some beautiful person that mm. wouldn't want to be my friend. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't, I don't like that. Well, then that's all bullshit. That's all thought stuff. And gut stuff really is just as far as your brain is from your belly. That's how far they should be. Mm. It should really be like, oh, that's beautiful. An opportunity to say, I'm going to put my thoughts aside because we all know thoughts change and thoughts are constantly coming and leaving. Feelings are coming and leaving. Let's go into a deeper place, into a quiet place. But really, it's like fierce work. It's, it's, It's like spelunking or something. Yeah. And it can't be rushed. I think that we think that if we're not getting the gut answer right away, then that just means we're not getting it. But I think whenever we're talking to the body and its wisdom, it's going to do it on its own pace. Yeah, And you're going to have to like practice just showing up until it's ready to come out. Agreed. Also, my friend Samantha taught me this really cool scene. thing, scene, um, where she had somebody, she was talking to somebody and she said, I can't tell the difference between my head giving me an answer and my gut giving me an answer. And he had her close her eyes and, and he said, answer this, what is two plus two? And where did that answer come from? Where did you hear that answer? And it was, you know, in her head. And then she said, and now think of somebody who loves you unconditionally, who's always been there for you. That's a great example. Yeah. Does this person love you? And then, yes, that's the answer. And where does that answer come from? Where you, where do you feel that answer come yeah. from? Oh, boy, I love that. It's just so lovely. So I really think there is something to... And it's something that can be cultivated and honed. Well, to that, again, super practical. But if I'm trying to make a decision and I ask my gut, and I will feel it in my gut, mm-hmm. and I'll get an answer, it's still it still sometimes needs a little scrutiny, mm-hmm, you know, sure. and I'll ask it the opposite. And sometimes it, it'll give me yes to both. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's when I know I'm just thinking I'm, it's just too charged right yeah. now. Should I go to Italy for six months for that job or whatever? And you go to it's like, yes. You're like, should I stay home? And it's like, yes. And you're like, yeah. Oh, I think I'm just too adrenalized. I'm too juiced up. And that's what you need to do that work. It's like, it's like bath in the dark candle time. Yeah. And you need to give yourself <laughs> also one of the things that one of the many things speaking of my friend Sam that I got from her reading of, of human design for both of us is that whatever defining center it is, we both need 28. No, what is it? Tw- well, I think you need tw- a 24 hour time period before you can make a, de- a big decision mm. and i think i need 28 days like a moon cycle before i can make a f- decision that feels right i'm just <laughs> hey. kidding i'm just kidding <laughs> like the, a month from now i'll be like i want to go to the duchess for dinner <laughs> well i'm glad you said that <laughs> i'm glad you said that because oh sorry thinking about the duchess derailed me <laughs> sorry need a day yeah alan watts talks about the wisdom of doing nothing. Yeah. And I think that is again just something. Imagine if in the in the middle of a trial they were like this is we're just too we're on too fast a track. Mm. We're just going to take a month. Mhm. Everybody just go home, process, yeah. don't even think about it. 
we're going to come back in a month. Yeah. And I think when I'm faced with like, should I do this or should I do that? And I do this a lot. And a lot of people in show business do this a lot where you're like, all right, I, I'm going to work on these seven things and I know only one of them is going to come through and I don't know which one it is. And that can be a very confusing place, but you just go like, just do what's in front of you. Just mm-hmm. do what you're doing today mm-hmm. and then do nothing. Yeah. And there's a lot of like, why are you rushing towards the choice to the certainty? It's like, if you can take a day and I bet you can mm. take a day and don't think about it. Yeah. Like, at all yeah and okay now we're into one of my favorite things which is how the subconscious works and the subconscious works and makes those decisions so much of our decision making is unconscious yeah it's like in the 90 percent of our behavior is dictated by unconscious factors Mm -hmm. in our mind Mm -hmm. so give yourself time like your like your computer needs time to defrag think about it really hard and then stop thinking about it for two days and on the third day, or maybe even on the second day, you'll get a very clear answer. That is such good advice because the brain hates that. Yeah. And that's how you know it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's right. Because your brain is going to want, especially if it's in the realm of like, should I be with this person or should I not? Just to bring it back to relationships. Mm. It's like... Your brain is going to want to know for sure and it's going to want to know right now and it's going to want to have a lot of like like a PowerPoint of reasons why and it's and it's like airtight <laughs> and that's just not the nature of anything in reality that's not real and the body and the heart knows that. Yeah. So if you are like, I could just feel the, I, the idea of being like, I have to decide whether or not I'm going to be with this person. And you go, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a couple days and I'm gonna not think about it at all. Yeah. Your brain would be so Pissed. like n- what? We gotta obsess about this. Yeah. That's how, the only way we'll get an answer. And it so it is a really great practice to like drop out of your head. I think it's huge. I think that's huge too. And that's really good advice for this person who said, um, my question is about my ex who I still love. We are, we started dating two years ago during the pandemic and grew deeply in love, but have broken up and gotten back together a few times mainly because she can't quite get to the point of being ready to be with me and me alone forever. We each have our own issues we're working on in therapy, but my question is, do you believe in love that can work even if we haven't been able to make it work yet? We're still hanging out and I'm still in love with her. And I know she loves me, but just need more. Just needs more time to figure her stuff out. P.S. I'm 45 and she's 37, and we both want kids in marriage. Time, time to cut bait and move on, or wait it out for this love I have for her. I just really liked that. This is like a very specific. Yeah, it is question. very specific. And obviously, we can't be like, yeah, one or the other. Like only you will know. But I think I'm what curious. we're talking about. Uh, is exactly right. It's like the it it sounds like it would benefit from a retreat. I agree. Like that a, was my like instinct a weekend too. Away. Or or maybe like a we don't talk for a little bit. Yeah. And see what that does for either of you. Like because maybe she will 
miss you and realize. Yeah. Or it might not, it might not be the best. I don't know, but it might not be the best to be like, you can also have me as a trickle. Yes. I'll be a waterfall or a trickle, like however you want it. That's right. And like, if somebody's having uncertainty there, of course they'd pick the trickle. It'd be silly to go like, I'm not saying you have to, this isn't a game you play. Like buy the cow. I'm tired of giving you the milk for free sort of thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go with my original feeling, which is like, take a little time. It would be, I, it doesn't even have to be alone. I, it would be great to be with other people who love you. Mm-hmm. So you feel like in a place of abundance. Yeah. That's why that's like great. massage and I, it, this doesn't have to be like four seasons Maui. I'm just saying like, yeah. you can go to the rinky dink place, get some touch, get some grounding mm-hmm. food, walk on the beach, walk on the earth, get grounded, get close to the earth, all that sort of stuff. Get some stillness, read some books, Mm -hmm. get off social, leave your phone in a drawer Mm -hmm. like for two days. I mean, or, or one full day. I mean, if, if you're really pressed and you can't do it one full day of that, like absolutely no phone, no social with friends, getting massage, getting food, getting quiet, reading that sort of thing. And not even burdening yourself like, and at the end of this, I'm going to know, just be like, that yeah. is just to get connect the, to myself, connect and, to myself and, and let it go. Cause it, yeah. of course, yeah. It's it, what I find confusing about it is that like, we both want kids in marriage, but she doesn't want to pick me for the rest of her life. I'm like, that sounds like some fear of death stuff. That doesn't sound like a you issue. Don't say that to her. <laughs> don't, don't say, especially cause it might not be true. Oh, but that that sounds like a bigger existential problem yeah. than I love you, you love me, we both want to get married and have kids. I'm 37, you're 45. Okay, so everything is saying it might be the time to do that. But I don't I don't like the idea of this is forever and this is all I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh that's interesting. Yeah. And maybe well, you need to honor that and be like, maybe, I, maybe I'm not going to get married. Maybe I want to wind sail in, you know, the Greek islands and maybe that's a better life for you. But there needs to be a certain peace with like, this is what it is. Like Val, you and I are on our way out. Like not anytime soon. I'm just saying this is what it is and we're picking and it's not perfect. It's not, it's not, you know, the movie star lifestyle. It's not yeah. Clooney hot tub party mm-hmm. uh, or whatever your version of, of the thing you might be, the FOMO. Mm-hmm. There's like a surrendering to like, this is, th- th- oh, this is enough. Sounds so pessimistic. I just mean like, I don't know, man, I'm lucky that I don't go like I'm with Val, but who could I be with? I just don't have that gear. Right. And I, I mean, that is, that was the one thing that felt a little bit like a red flag. Like I think maybe, um, I wonder what would happen if he just asks her, like, will you reflect on the question? Are you just keeping me on ice until something better comes along and just really reflect on that and, and take your time and then give me a real honest answer because what is the actual thing hold up because what's i and and again everybody is different but for me especially in the for, if it's only been 2 years that's like i want to i want you and only you and i 
I like can't they've get only been enough together of you. Two years? Yeah. And and they've broken up and gotten back together a few times, he said, because yeah. of this. Yeah. So it seems like there's been uncertainty potentially throughout the whole thing. And and I will never say like, well, th- then it just definitely can't work because every there's as many different types of relationships as there are people, you know, everybody is different, but I guess the real question for, for you to ask yourself is how long do you want to do this? Yeah. Because I wouldn't count on it necessarily changing just, and you can't change her. So how long do you want to do this? Yeah, waiting. The good, the, the good, the, 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 the good, the good thing is that it's only been a couple of years. I, for yeah. some reason, based on the question, I was like, "Oh, they've been doing this for seven years." Well, that's the thing is, like, seven years is around the time that you're like, "Okay, so I'm gonna just be with just this person forever." Yeah. But in the beginning, you're like, "That's enough," because it's fun <clears throat> and exciting, and you know. So that's why I was like, "Hmm." I think what I hear you saying, Val, which is good to say, is they're not all like storybook. Like, that's why I'm saying I'm just lucky. Yeah. I don't have FOMO. No. Like, I don't go to parties and like, I won't go to a party yeah. and I will never think of that party. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll never be like, what if I, oh man, Patrick's, well, don't pick a dead person, but <laughs> some amazing celebrity came. Yeah. Holy fuck. Imagine. It's yeah. not like what I'm after is more of a color than a ledger. Yeah. And that's what we've been saying this whole time. A ledger says, I met Patrick Stewart Mm -hmm. at a party. Mm -hmm. I just don't think the world works like that. We were talking about this the other night, like uh, Tony Robbins again. Why do you keep shitting on me? (laughs) I'm I'm a dream guest. (laughs) I know. Maybe it's because you won't do it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, He has... And I've said this before, but I'll keep it quick. He he says one of his guiding principles is rocking chair moments, meaning when he's old, Mm -hmm. he's going to be like, remember that time we rode dune buggies in Cairo? Mm -hmm. And I would say, and I'd love to say this to him if if we ever chatted, I'd be like, I just don't think that's how this reality works. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of amazing things. Mm -hmm. I don't sit around and think about them. And when I'm old... I don't think that's going to be where I draw my comfort. Or yeah. if it is, that it's just like a starving person thinking about food they had once. Like, mm. oh, remember that? Like, like I have this memory of me and Mulaney on stage at uh, in Boston Garden, sold at 7,000 people, and we took a picture and confetti's falling down. Do you think that does anything for me? Mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> and when I'm old, it'll do even less. Like, I, mm. I, I won't... I just don't think that's how reality works. To me, it's about cleaning up the only consistent thing, the thing that will be with you, I guarantee, on your last day in the same way it was with you on your first day, which is the quality of your being, capital B, Mm -hmm. being. Mm -hmm. So I want to create environments and relationships that help me, and this is a metaphor, but clean up my game, Mm -hmm. get the static off the radio so I can hear my song and feel my connection to reality, to life itself without fear, without judgment Mm -hmm. and and without guilt. Mm -hmm. Right. So to me, a marriage and, and having a commitment and having kids is doing that, Mm -hmm. but that's really not, you know, not to say it's selfish, but it's helping me get where I want to be, which is when I'm dying, my awareness will be clear in yeah. a, to, 
to the extent that I can get it clear. It's not going like, but man, what if I had married Diane? Like, mm. I, I, what the fuck? This is what's happening. I know. That is so smart. And I love all of that. And I, I am the type of person that gets FOMO, gets FOMO and once and gets pleasure thinking of my past life experiences. And I still don't. So that means a lot. That means a lot that I don't have that in this relationship. Yeah. Like, so I wonder how much of that is just, we just are both exactly where we want to be. And we want to be in this house with this family, with this partner. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So I think both things are true. Everything you said is so right and so true. And it just seems so exhausting to live the kind of life where you're... What if? You're always like, what is... What is there something else better over there? It's like that that seems more of a state of mind than anything true. So let's work with that restlessness. Why are we restless? Agreed. And that's why I jumped right to like, are you afraid of dying? Yeah. And I think that that could be it. Yeah. That's why it is. I'm saying, yeah, ask, like, are you keeping me on ice? Or is this something that has nothing to do with me? And then right. ask yourself the question, how long are you willing to wait? Because there is a certain unromantic element to like my ability to see potential in most in most things. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't really, again, there was that gut time, but like I felt natural and good committing to you. Yeah. And I didn't go like, and may, maybe I should, I, you wouldn't want me to design a theme park with my <laughs> mind, you know, safe rides for children. <laughs> but like the way I'm living is, is, is a lot more like, how does this feel? How do I feel? Mm -hmm. And am I getting more clear? I know that's a Scientology term. I just mean spacious, mm -hmm. less fear, less guilt, less shame. Yeah. Because, and, and I'm, I'm hesitant to say, but it's, it's like, it's not like any car will do as long as it's driving forward. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But there is a certain extent where you go like, no matter who you pick, it's, I don't know. I don't know how to say it. No matter who you pick, it's, are you saying, I think, I feel like what I understand what you're saying, that what you're saying is, <laughs> no, almost like no matter who you pick, you're still you. Yeah, you're still you. <laughs> yeah. It's the Adam Sandler sketch. Don't forget, if you're sad at home, you'll be sad in Italy. Right. And that is... I can't control you, but right. I, I know how much room I have to play play with myself <laughs> in our relationship. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that isn't true in the sense of like, you can be with just anyone. No. Well, that's the other altitude we could fly at. And I have my mother's voice in me and she's fierce. Mm. She'd be like, well, she's not in. Fuck off. You mm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I have that. Yeah. I, I tend to run pretty quickly if I'm like, I don't think they like me or. Or, or I, like me enough. Or they don't like me enough. Or this isn't this enough or this enough or this enough. So don't get me wrong. There's another concurrent incredibly judgmental human element. Whenever we talk about your friends and their relationships, 
I go into like this fierce, like, well, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. They're just not into the other person. They should end it. Yeah. Like, like, like I'm not crazy about it, but that's no. another energy. We're talking about the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. I have them. I, that's not what I'm saying to this person, by the way. I'm no. not like, that's why it's only been two years. It sounds like it's still in the, in the realm of like, let's figure this out. Yeah. I think being honest would be really nice. Yeah. Saying like, are you, is it me? Is it the whole system? Yeah. Like, are you you taking out your fear for the whole way that the menu of reality works? Cause that I get, Mm -hmm. or is it, or is it me? Are you just not that into me? And that, and to really mean this, that's okay. Mm -hmm. I love you. You're not that into me. Okay, I'm not giving. Let's not let's not turn this into working at Microsoft. We don't need an ultimatum. You don't have mm-hmm. until Tuesday to tell me. But let's let's let even more light and air into this into this conversation and just get a little bit more frank and yeah. be like, you're safe to tell me this. And if you don't know, that's okay. But and I'm assuming you don't know. Yeah. But could you take some time? Can we take some time away? Yeah. And be like, is it? whatever this person's name is, or is it just, I can't imagine watching someone else decay yeah, and them watching me decay. <laughs> like that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah, pretty, pretty in- strange. Yeah. I mean, I really think that that's, and this is something we can end on because it's, it is sort of just the blanket feeling I have about relationships. Something that you and I, both have, I think, from having like over loving mothers. <laughs> OLMs. Um, but it's like w- one of the good things that came from this. And I, and I really hope Leela has it is I, I know that somebody can love me completely and bigly, bigly, yeah. <laughs> uh, I like bi- bigly, bigly. People, somebody can really like love me like I am such a big deal to them and really like me for who I am. And even before I met you, I had I had plenty of insecurities and worthiness things, of course, but I still had that voice being like, I really want to be loved that way. And I think I could be. I think I could find somebody yeah. who would love me in a way that just felt um, like uh, profound and bigly. <laughs> yeah, that is a little bit. That is a little bit of my masculine advice for this. Is I'm like, for me, me personally. Yeah, I want. I I just. I let's put it. I'll say it as frankly as I can. I'm too insecure yeah. for anything less than Gaga. Me too. That's that's exactly it. Uh, absolutely. I think that's a perfect way to put it. And that and like that's... I'd like to be complimented on how I put my napkin on my lap. If I'm being completely honest, sure. And you're the kind of person that does that. You're like, you look so cool just then. And I'm like, I fucking found it. Absolutely. And I'm not ashamed of that. And I'm not proud of it. No, I I am a little proud of it because I neither one of us settled for anything less than that. And, and there are people like that. 
And but maybe this dude doesn't need Gaga. There's a lot of people like they, there are there's so people. many different kinds of movies. Right. And there's so many different kinds of relationships. And maybe you want a comedy horror. I'm not saying this person's that way. Maybe <laughs> yeah. you want a thriller. Maybe maybe you want a drama. Like some people fucking love drama. Yeah. And you watch them doing shit and you're just like, I feel like Ramdas, but like, go ahead, work it out. Bang yeah. your head on the wall. It's all your karma and, and enjoy it. Whatever right. you're doing, enjoy it. But I got to a place where I was like, I've, I, that's not for me. That's My right. family life was, was rocky enough that I was like, fuck that shit. I want Gaga. Yeah. I want, not only do I want you to be so into me, I, and this is vulnerable, but I, I want you to remind me. We talk about mm-hmm. that all the time. Mm-hmm. I need it. Yeah, I'm the same way. But I, I, that's exactly, I'm so glad you said that because I forget this. I honestly do forget this. Some people really want a relationship. My ex-husband was one of these people to like sandpaper, just like help shape them roughly. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and it's like, be, do with parents. Like, be challenged. All yeah. of this comes back to our parents. And it's like, some people are like, no, uh, uh, the role of a partner is to challenge you so that you become your best self. That is lovely. You're I've like, seen let's get people- pancakes. Let's go for a hike. Fuck you. <laughs> I see people doing that and it working because if you find somebody else who wants that, then great. Like that can work. You and I both, what we're looking for in a relationship is the softest, sweetest place to land. Every, and by the way, in our early days of dating, all I see is a hotel bed covered in every dessert from the room service. Yeah. That was it. And it was was there from the beginning. That's right. It was, that was the feel Maybe we'll walk and go see a movie or go to a park or go to dinner. But mostly we just wanted to fucking hole away and be together. And that was, that was like, I would have seen and you would have seen the, uh, Nikolai, the mismatch. (laughs) Yeah. It would have been like, like we have friends like this. We're in San Francisco. Don't you want to see Alcatraz? I would have been like. You did. <laughs> you did. Well, yeah, let's go to Alcatraz. We'll see if they can close one of the cells on you, and I'm going to swim home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my <laughs> Me god. Me and Tom Papa were laughing about <laughs> so that. Funny. Questions you don't ask a comedian when, like, we were in Vegas doing that show, and mm. <laughs> we were just laughing. Like, if someone goes, "Did you pack your swim trunks?" It's like, <laughs> no. I'm an assassin. I'm here to assassinate someone. <laughs> I didn't bring my swim trunks. <laughs> But that's that's Tom and I understanding each other. That's you and I understanding each other. We're not going to go to Alcatraz. You don't have that, like, let's fill the day with happenings. Yeah. You were totally comfortable, quiet, talking, connecting. That's my Alcatraz. That's my prison. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that's, I'd rather do what we're doing now mm-hmm. than find some special corner of Ventura County that <laughs> only a few people know about these grapes. Like, yeah, that that's kind of what I'm saying to the guy is like, it's almost like, what are we doing? Are, are, are we chasing endless novelty? Mm. Or, or are, are we, are we finding somebody that's ready? When we talk about settling down, like, yeah, settling in, yeah, settling, settling is such a bad word, but I'm just like, I'm not, I I don't want somebody that's just going to distract me from dread. (laughs) (laughs) 
Right. I would like somebody that would help me process my dread. Yeah. And nurture. And nurture my dread. And maybe just say like, yeah, there's some dread today. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, if I think it is like really good for to ask yourself, and I'm not just now giving the advice only to this person, but to everybody, like ask yourself, what do you need out of a relationship? Meaning, do you want somebody who will like help you heal by fire and challenge you? Or do you want somebody who will, you know, like maybe not even challenge you by fire, but, but be very exciting and thrilling and there'll be a lot of drama and passion. Yes. Or do you want a cozy, safe place to land? Like we have, like, there's no wrong answer. There's a answer. lot of people who in our relationship would go, this, this is, is driving me crazy. Oh, people would be like, this is smothering. This is like. And it goes back to a lot. Like I get my novelty from my work. I get my, exci- I get my fear from my work. I get my anxiety from my work. I get yeah. my, cha- my, my work challenges me and, and shapes me. You challenge me and shape me, but it's in very gentle ways, but there's yeah. no leftover, like let's fight <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah, yeah. because well we're both again we're empaths and we're highly sensitive people so life is hard enough for us <laughs> right but, so but this need... guy asking this question might not want this relationship right but and what that, i wanted okay go ahead sorry i've said it a million times the tony robbins thing M- make a christmas list of what you want yeah. know what you want know what, know you, what you, want. you want there's a yeah. positive tony robbins but i wrote out a christmas list and he's like, get embarrassing. No one's going to see it. Put every little thing that you want out of a relationship on a list just to know what you want. Yeah. Then you can you can ask yourself, is this person giving it to me? Right. And then I, I don't know. I, I know I've gotten really lucky and won the love lottery, but this is why what I find myself wanting to like shout from the rooftops to all of my friends who are in tricky relationships and just to everyone is like... You can be loved the way you need to be loved. You can be. You can be loved the way that you need to be loved. So how long do you want to, how much of your life do you want to spend not being loved the way that you can be loved? And if you're in a relationship where you're not being loved the way you need to be loved, I'm not saying just cut and run, but what do you need to see to to feel like there is hope that this person can uh, love you that way mm-hmm. and like just what would it look like to live your life believing i could actually be loved the way that i need to be loved and i know this is a cliche but i think it starts with you loving yourself i know that's a cliche yeah but if you're in that la word vibration yeah well, uh, this you just is won't where... attract a person that's going to be like playing games or fucking with you or hurting you or, or what? It just won't match, right? And you it's and like the... what exactly? It's like smoking in Disneyland. It just doesn't match. Exactly. You can't smoke in here. No, this is Disneyland, <laughs> sir. Um, that's exactly what I mean. And I think that the first act of loving yourself is saying, "I would rather." be just on my own than to not be the way loved the way that I'm loved. Is there anything more attractive than that? That's that's, right. And to say, and to say like, I, and we have our friend Iris is so good at that to be, to be able to say like, I want to be loved this way. 
and I think I deserve it, and I'm going to hold out hope that that exists. But even if it doesn't exist, exist, I'd rather be alone than settle for yeah. anything less. I'd rather be a failure at something I love than a success at something I hate. Yeah. George Burns. And you're also not a failure if you're alone. That's just... Not oh, yeah. <laughs> they just brought that quote to mind. Absolutely, yeah. it's not a failure. Yeah. But it, I, I think the first act of self-love for anybody in a similar situation, I highly recommend... Actually, I recommend no matter what your issue is, work, relationships, uh, friendships, whatever. And this isn't manifesting. We're talking about something different here. Knowing what you're aiming for is one of the most powerful things. And I'm not saying that because I've heard other people say that. I'm saying that because that's changed my life. Yeah. Is I went, that's what I want. Instead mm-hmm. of what I think I'm supposed to want. As a stand-up, like a lot of people are like, you gotta love stand-up. Stand-up's your number one. It's, you know, all that sort of stuff. You probably, there's hours of me probably saying stuff like that, realizing that I wanted a lot of different things, mm-hmm. things that weren't on the menu. Yeah. You can write your own menu. Yeah, write your own menu. All right, let's get out of here. All right. Well, we did almost two hours. 1028, sorry, anniversary. 1028. Well, that's also find someone who doesn't care that there are no flowers, no gifts. Just have every day be flowers and gifts. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah, that's very specific I, I don't to mean, us. I don't I, mean uh, actually giving you flowers and gifts. I just mean like have your day be a fragrant and gift like day. Yeah, sure. But there are some people that that yeah, means it. something I, I to them. It and it's but I, I, I let, let me say what I really meant. I'm glad that I'm not like, sorry, I didn't get you anything for your anniversary. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> this is where you find out that I really do care. <laughs> it's so crispy.